welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by my colleague, Pastor Mike Toomey. Mike, good to have you. It's fantastic to be here on this day. Yeah, we're excited. So uh, one thing before we start is just a celebration. So this podcast, we've had over 3,000 downloads, and we are just excited about that. I just want to stop for a minute and just say thank you. Thank you to all of you folks who download, who listen, who have gotten on board with this, you know, as we've walked through Scripture, as we've looked at the Psalms over the summer. I am so grateful for the fact that that you have been a part of this, and uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we we do it together, which is probably the most important thing. So one thing I want to invite you to think about today is, is, is there someone in your life who needs to hear the Word of God? To which I would answer, yes, there is. Yes. And, and I think what you're bringing up is, that, that's exactly right. You know, thank you to all the folks that have already listened, but thank you for inviting your friends yeah. uh, and, and, and somehow sharing this podcast so that other people can go deep into God's Word. Yeah. I don't know about you, Mike, but I can guess, as we've gone through these Psalms, as we've opened Scripture together with, with this podcast, it has been so enriching to my life to to just slow down and do this, uh, I needed it and maybe didn't know it. Of course, I knew I needed it, but... My joy and delight in this is it's one more way for me to get into God's Word and to just take another look at it. And then it's even more fun to be able to take this time with um, you and the other pastors and just go deep. Yeah, something happens when we do it together. Yep. Right? Yep. We ask the big questions, and we maybe don't get all the answers, but we uh, the questions are sometimes just as important. So we're working through some of the Psalms this summer, and and today we're we're looking at Psalm 137, and uh, this is a, a Psalm that's that's deep, um, that really hits at some of our most um, difficult human emotions, I think, and so we're going to look at that. But before we do. This psalm talks about harps and about uh, musicians who play harps. And so I'm wondering, Mike, I don't think you play the harp. Do you play any instruments? So I am proficient at the trombone and and the euphonium. So I am a low brass player. I I wish I could say I played more, but one day, the reason why I don't is one day um, somebody said to me, Mike, do you know the do you do do you know the definition of a gentleman? And I said, No, I do not. Tell me the definition of a gentleman. They said it's somebody who knows how to play the trombone and doesn't. <laughs> so anyway, there goes my trombone playing days. Um, okay, no, so I, is the euphonium? The, I, I need a little. So euphonium is a small tuba that's it's a small tuba in the key of a of a trombone or in the range of oh. a trombone. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, interesting. So yeah, it, so it's it, a different instrument entirely. It, it's a valved instrument. So the the trombone and the the euphonium um, are are exceptionally similar in in the range. Again, um, the the difference is a euphonium um, the the conature of the the instrument makes it a much mellower sound. Oh, interesting. And um, actually, the the cool thing about a euphonium 
And as we get into Psalm 137, that, that mellow sound can make a real mourning, mm. a mourning type mm. feel song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a delightful instrument. I only, I only really played that for a, a year, year and a half when I was in high school, but a, 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 a good instrument to play. The trombone is fun and, and very versatile, and you can go anywhere from classical music to jazz to yeah. rock. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a great yeah. that, it's a great instrument as well. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. I uh, I know nothing about harps, um, but I appreciate people who play harps because that has to take a lot of time, practice, <laughs> skill. <laughs> um, Garrison Keeler had the Lutheran's Guide to Playing in the Orchestra. Yeah. And I believe the harp was one of the instruments that was appropriate for a good Christian to play because it taught you patience. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Well, we are going to dive in. Psalm 137, and, and Mike, I'll have you read that for us today. All right. By the waters of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars, we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs, our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, Lord, what the Edomites did on the day of Jerusalem on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried, tear it down to its foundations. Daughter Babylon doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Wow, that is a, uh, I think, a difficult psalm. I'm going to say it's raw. Yeah, raw is a good word. And, it, you know, the ending almost leaves us wondering, where's the rest of it? Yeah, it it does. It It moves into a place of lament to a place of delighting and the thought of um, retribution. Yeah. And that's an ugly place to be. Yeah, it is. So let's let's just uh, take a broad look. As you read it, are there words, phrases, things that, that stuck out to you or questions you have? You know, as I as I think about this particular um, um, song, you know, I, I think the I, I think the, the, the imagery of them on their journey either to or, or, or from Babylon and, and realizing that Jerusalem is um, in, in shambles. And there they just, they just hang up their instruments. Right? They just hang them up in the trees. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, it just seems like they, you know, they don't even want to sing at this point, right? Yeah. And, and then the imagery of, you know, um, their, their captors, you know, Sing us one of them songs. Sing us one of those joyous songs. Yeah, the mocking. Oh, it just seems, mo- yeah, the, the mocking and the, the pain that, that goes along with that. Hmm. How about it, for you? You know, for me, I I think one of the clues of 
maybe what's going on here is all the, the names of these different places. So we've got Babylon, mm-hmm. we've got Zion, we've got Jerusalem, we've got the Edomites, we, you know. S- we haven't seen that in, at least not to that extent, in the other Psalms that we've this read. Is, yeah, this is a more rare understanding. Um, uh, this is a very, it's very specific in yeah. time and place, yep. and it, it much more draws us into some of the events of Jerusalem. Say more about that. Uh, so so we can look at this psalm, I think, in, in a way that maybe is more difficult to do with some of the other psalms uh, because they're, we have to guess with lots of the other psalms who's speaking, what's going on, can we put them in a time and place. Um, you know, sometimes we can make the connection of this is a psalm of David and we can look at David's life and we can see, oh yeah, clearly this, this relates to what's going on with David. But with this one, I think, you know, it, it's very firmly seated in a historical context. And so two of the biggest events of the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament are the Exodus. Yep. And we've covered that we've covered that uh, a lot already in Deeply Rooted, but Yes, you can yeah. go back and listen to to those episodes, but the Exodus where God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt and and towards the the promised land and and that was, you know, Exodus really is about uh, becoming free and then and then building the nation of Israel. Yep. Right. And then we have something else that happens, which is the exile, which is where kind of the crumbling yep. of that nation. God's people have been unfaithful to God, and God needs to um, reform them. Yes. And and part of that reformation is a very pro- problematic thing of uh, of going off into Babylon. Yes. So the the Israelites are or the kingdom of uh, the. Israel is united in a monarchy, eventually divided, yep. right? And then the, the northern kingdom of Judah falls. and, and the Northern kingdom of Israel. Israel, sorry. Yep, yep. Southern kingdom southern of Judah. Ki- yep. Thank you. This is why we do this together. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, directions have never been my strong suit, by the way. Okay. You can ask my wife that. Right. I won't ask for directions, but I do need help. Okay, so, right. so we've got the divided kingdom. Eventually... Yep. Uh, they are conquered. Yep. And the people are led off to Babylon. Right. Some of them. And the routes would have been along the rivers. Right? You need water along the way, even for the slaves, even for the captives, you need some water. And so they're, they're going along the rivers, um, off into Babylon. Um, and, and, and then w- perhaps this is even when they're coming back 70 right. years later. Right. Um, but they're still in mourning because of the the great pain and the the condition of Jerusalem is still not rebuilt by any stretch. It's still in shambles and ruins. So they are seeing what they have lost. Yeah. What and the future looks very dark and sparse. And so we've got some potentially uh, folks who who were tied to the temple, musicians, uh, mm-hmm. people who were playing harps, which is an instrument of worship of worshiping the God of, of Israel, and they're, they're at this point where they can't even sing. Yep. They've, they've lost their desire to even sing because they're so deeply distressed and depressed, mourning, um, and, and then they have, to add insult to injury, they have these captors who are saying, hey, why don't you sing some of those songs? Mm-hmm. And maybe even those songs are referenced to some of the other psalms uh, that we have here in the in the book of Psalms. Uh, but so they're in this place that's just very, very dark. Um, and and the question becomes, 
how do we read this, mm-hmm. right? So how do we read something that is so firmly seated in, in a historical context? Does this, you know, we can see that God's people are here in distress, but I think also it's important for us to realize that we are too in exile. Yeah. That we are in spiritual exile. If we go back to Genesis, we, we know that Adam and Eve were in the garden and they had this good life set before them, but they disobeyed God. And what did God do? He sent them out yep. far away from this place of the presence of God. And that's what Babylon represents here too, is this place that is distant from Jerusalem. Yeah, which is the place where God dwells. So all of us are in this sort of spiritual exile where we are, because of sin and death, distant from God. Yep. They're feeling far away from God. And this is a lot of times where our hearts can be as well. If you've been through a difficult circumstance in your life, you could easily sing along with this. Right. Easily. Uh, The first several verses... Um, would 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 roll off your tongue. Well, how many how many times you know think about when you're in that place that's really dark and someone you know, maybe you're grieving. Someone you know says, "Well, why don't you go out and do one of the things that you love to do?" Mm-hmm. And you just don't feel like it. No, no. That sounds like the hardest thing to do. There on the poplars, we hung up our harps couldn't even sing, couldn't even do the things that, that we loved to do. Right. Um, the other piece of this psalm that I think is, is really difficult is, is where it moves to. So, yes, there's this dark place being between uh, either on our way to Babylon or on our way back, right? But being far from Jerusalem, which is the place where God dwelled. Yep for the people of Israel. Um, But then we go even deeper into human pain and suffering. Retribution. Yes. And it it, it goes, uh, starting in verse 8, it goes like this. Daughter Babylon, doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Happy is the one who seizes your infant's and dashes them against the rocks. That is so dark. It is brutal. It is absolutely brutal. And yet, at the same time, this is where our human emotion goes. When we are wronged, when somebody uh, does something sinful, and we are in the wake of that, or we get caught up in that, Right. so often our hearts and minds lead us to this place of... If you do something wrong to me, I want to go to revenge. Yeah. And and that's where this is driving to. Um, or that's where the feelings are driving to. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So this is something that happens in the Psalms, uh, other places in Scripture too, but it's it's called, I'm going to use a big fancy word here. All right, give it to us. Imprecation. Imprecation? We call this an imprecatory psalm. And an you, imp- you, can you unpack that word? <laughs> yes. An imprecation is sort of like a spoken curse, or it's asking for God's judgment or destruction to be upon somebody else. Oh. Yes. Uh, so, folks who are listening, you can use that at your next party. Imprecation. Imprecation. Yes, okay. it's a big word. 
It's mm-hmm. like a curse, right? Yep. And we see that. Happy is the one yep. who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. That is the ultimate. Uh, that's not just wanting to in- inflict pain on somebody's uh, children. It's not just wanting to inflict pain on, on somebody's heart. It's actually infants are our future. Yep. It's actually saying, boy, happy happy would be the one who would take away even your future. Yep. Right. So the depth of that is, um, is, is very, very deep. And we see that in other places in the Psalms. So Psalm 139 is one that we're going to cover in one of our podcasts yet this summer. But it talks about um, asking that God would slay the wicked. In Psalm 143, talks about um, this desire for God to silence enemies and destroy foes. Um, Psalm 52 talks about hoping that that God would uproot uh, someone from the land of the living, literally bring death right. upon them. So, so there are these lots places, of imprecations, lots yeah. of imprecations uh, in the Psalms, and I think it's 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 one of the you know it's we, we might see it as startling. This is in Scripture, right? But at the same time, it's this is the depth of of human emotion. You know, when I was taking um, my seminary course on the Psalms, one of the things that was kind of drilled into my head was the Psalms are not only God's word to us, but they're our words to God. Hmm. That's it's, a really good way to think of the Psalms. So so this isn't necessarily, not all of these things are necessarily God's word telling us to go ahead and do these things. Right, right. But this is more of a matter of God can meet us in our emotions, even as ugly as and dark and sin-filled as they are. Not that he approves of them, but that we can move beyond them. Yeah. How do we deal with this, with this imprecation here? How do you think we should understand it? Yeah, well, I think the first is to to realize what you just said, yes, it's it's... God's word to us, but it's also our words to God. And then the other thing is, I think we put we put it in context with the whole story of Scripture, okay? Right? Because this 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 is just asking for more. It's asking for us to have more. And and one of the places where we get maybe part of an answer is uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, where he he says these words. This is from Romans twelve. Romans twelve. So that's in their New Testament. So. Yep. And, and you're reading from NIV here? Yes. Okay. Romans 12, this is verse 17 through 21. It says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah. So what I see there is, yes, you are going to have these natural feelings of Wanting revenge, wanting to, uh, wanting someone to suffer, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? But that's not how we behave. No. 
as people who follow Jesus, we behave differently. And, and say more about that. And so, unpack that so, Romans 12 for us. So Paul calls us into a life where, where we don't overcome evil by evil, but we overcome evil with good. Uh, and ultimately, I think where this leads is the life of, of Jesus. I think we have this call for vengeance and for suffering. And, and what does that lead to? If we were to act upon our will to impose suffering on someone else, what does it cause? It causes more suffering. Mm -hmm. It causes more suffering for other people, but it also causes more suffering for us because revenge doesn't resolve anything for someone else. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Resolves. Good overcomes evil. And, and so where does the this overarching story of Scripture lead us? Well, God takes the suffering, all of it, yours, mine, uh, the, the people of Israel, their enemies. God takes that suffering and he lays it upon his own son. We, we need to understand all of Scripture through the lens of the cross, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. So God lays lays the suffering on Jesus, and in his death on the cross, he takes the suffering of the world, and he overcomes evil with good. Yeah. He makes an exchange. He takes the sin, death, and gives life and forgiveness. And it's also in Jesus where we're brought back into the garden, or maybe let's talk about it from a scriptural lens, the New Jerusalem. You go to another book of the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Revelation 21, and it says something along this line, I saw the New Jerusalem city of God coming down as a bride beautifully adorned for her husband. You know, this is the idea that uh, the New Jerusalem in Jesus um, is where we get to dwell, and that's, that's good news. It is. So we're, we're, we're actually a lot like these journeyers in Psalm 137. Yeah. We are between Babylon and Jerusalem. We're between, we're in this place of exile. We're between, uh, you know, the, the good garden that God made yep. and the new Jerusalem that, that he's bringing into this world. Yep. And it's hard to live in the in-between. We feel the pull of wanting to be like those folks crying out death and destruction, but also, I hope, a bigger pull to overcome evil with good. Part, part of Paul's language is to be citizens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think our job is to be citizens of that new Jerusalem already. So even though that we're, we're on this journey and we're not yet there, we live as if we are already there. And that's exactly what he says. Don't, don't repay evil for evil, um, but do good. Do good for good is what it overcomes evil. Uh, let vengeance be mine. Don't, don't worry about taking vengeance. But go there and be the best Christ that you can be, be the best small Christ. I think that was a Martin Luther term. Um, be the best small Christ that you possibly can to this world. You know, in a very practical sense, that makes a lot of sense to me because 
as I listen to the news, and I'm talking local, yeah. regional, you know, global, evil is everywhere. It is. And we want to fight against it. And, um, you know, I think the world just needs good to sprout up all over. Yep. And we can do that. We can be the beginning there. We can be the salt of this earth that begins to season this world with the goodness in Jesus. We can live it out. And that's what we're called to do, right? That is what we're called to do. Um, you know, I think of our congregation and, you know, some of the things that, that we've been doing in our community and, and mm-hmm. how that reaching out uh, just becomes little seeds of God's kingdom that are planted, little seeds of uh, little glimpses of, of this new Jerusalem. That's what being the church is, right? It's being the people of God, being that uh, th- that ultimate destination where we hope to arrive or where we hope to have God meet us, uh, we get to start bringing that into to real life. And people see that and, and hopefully are inspired to, to know the one who, who we serve. Yes. Well, it, this is a deep psalm. Um, it's a difficult psalm, but also I think it leads us to a place of yearning, yearning for the one who brings salvation in life. And so I hope that you uh, got to wrestle a little bit with this psalm. I would challenge you, read it again, read it again, and think about how are you in a, in a spiritual exile? Where Where is the place that you are, and where is it that you are longing to be, and how is God bringing you there? Again, thank you for listening. We're so glad that you are a part of what we're doing here. And uh, we ask that you would continue to like, to share, to, to spread this podcast so others can be involved. And in the meantime, stay deeply rooted. Mm-hmm.